0: Hello, welcome back, and welcome for those of you on YouTube, because this is the first ever video version of my podcast. Um, Most of you, because I don't talk about it a tremendous amount, most of you probably had no idea that I had a podcast, Uh, but I do. It is incredibly self-indulgent. It's mostly me working through my personal problems, my mental psyche, and um, I enjoy that format to be able to do that over there on my podcast. I'm not sure what I'm going to do here. I don't think I'm going to want to do every single episode as a video one as well, but that's kind of the situation as is right now. Uh, there's probably 20 or 30 episodes already on uh, the podcast app of your choosing, uh, and it's called Michaela Talks. For those of you listening right now, uh, no different to normal. I'm still gonna continue to upload exactly as I have always, uh, but I'm also gonna have a video component to some of the episodes, not all of them, not all of them, but some. Uh, So, today, for my very first video version, I've gone, I'm gonna go heavy, and it's probably a mistake. One of the big things that I love about the podcast, that I have always kind of uh, not loved about the YouTube of it all is sharing too much. Michaela overshares is what this should be called. Um, but I do really enjoy doing that. I enjoy working through stuff verbally, and I like to do that in, a, in this one way format. I don't like to talk to my friends or my family about my problems until those problems have resolved themselves. That's just always how I've been, but when I'm kind of like in the middle of it, I like this, this, and I've done this with vlogs over the years to kind of like talk it through, but I'm kind of talk, talking it through by myself, but I just happen to have an audience later. So the problem that I have experienced with doing that through vlogs on YouTube is is, of course, that you get the um, cycle of feedback. So how I've described this in the past is, day A, I'm feeling this way. I talk it through in the vlog. By the end of day A, I'm like, okay, I'm feeling pretty good about this now. I can put it to bed. Day B, it's posted. I get comments about it. And I'm sucked back into the morning of day A. And then it kind of is a cycle. So that's why... I love the podcast because there's no kind of comment section. I get lots of people send me DMs, lots and lots of people who want to um, kind of talk and engage about the topics that I talk about on the podcast, but I don't have that immediate, here are my opinions about the things that you've just said. Um, I don't care about that most of the time, but when we're getting into slightly more personal stuff or things that feel quite close to me. You know, if you're just kind of putting on a show and you're doing whatever, it doesn't matter. But if you are bearing your soul, it feels, uh, I'm just a little bit more sensitive to um, critique. I mean, generally, I am quite sensitive to criticism. But especially in um, in that, it's hard. it's hard. It's too hard, really. So uh, I think probably I'm going to switch off the comments on the podcast video versions, I'll see how I'm feeling. But if you want to talk to me about anything that I talk about on these episodes, you can come at me in my Instagram DMs. I'm always available. If you have a question or actually leave me a comment, I wanna say 100% of the time I respond, but I do realize that sometimes I've missed them 99% of the time. And if I didn't respond, chase me up because I definitely didn't do that on purpose. I like to um, kind of chat through things in Instagram DMs because everyone feels kind of a little bit safer. If people will talk a bit more freely because there's no audience and especially about the topics that we go over on this show, it feels like something you want to be a little bit more kind of one-on-one. So that is where I will be available for chat. So today's episode, I am gonna talk about counselling. I have just had my very first counselling call. Here's how this went down give you a little rundown. December, I went to the doctor. Initially, I went to the doctor um, and I was going to ask for a referral for an ADHD assessment. After years and years of people armchair diagnosing me uh, through my vlogs, I eventually started reading about ADHD and all of the things that I thought, oh, well, that's not me. There are a whole host of symptoms that I wa- I could not identify harder with and last year was kind of like rocky mental health wise uh I decided at the end of the year maybe this is the time to be assessed maybe I need to have um someone to talk to about this maybe I need to be medicated we'll find out so I went to the GP this is what I was going in with and she kind of assessed me herself she said uh anything to do with ADHD, you are over 18, so you would need to go private. I've spoken to people since that, and apparently this is not true. So take that with a pinch of salt. But that's what she said to me. She said that you are basically too old for me to refer you on the NHS. So immediately I'm like dejected thinking I've really worked myself up to this. This was not an easy phone call to make the appointment in the first place. It was not an easy appointment to drag myself to. I'd done a lot of preparation. I'd been like making notes. I'd been crying. It brought up so much stuff. And so I felt like, well, what is even the point? Why am I even doing this? So I kind of thought she was just going to send me on my way. It's the second time ever I've ever been to the GP. The first time he just said, you need to calm yourself down. Honestly. Uh, And so I was kind of, I'd gone in prepared this time for them to back me away and for me to be a bit stronger. And I was cross that I was kind of allowing that to happen. Then she went through like an assessment of her own and she decided that I was um, mildly anxious, which I would never have said I was anxious, but okay. Um, She said I had mild anxiety and moderate depression That really threw me for a loop because everything that I had been putting down to, I'm just really struggling because, um, these are all the ADHD symptoms. This is what kind of, this makes sense to me. She then said, well, no, because these are the things that you've told me. And this is in line with moderate depression really threw me off. So I'm like, okay, well, I at least feel at this point, like I'm not being dismissed. She is actually listening to me. She wants to help. She, um gave me multiple different avenues. She said she wanted to put me on medication, but she wanted me to uh, wait six weeks. She was giving me some of the pain relief. In the meantime, uh, wanted me to wait six weeks. It might have been three weeks, actually. And she said, uh, I'm expecting to prescribe you antidepressants at that time. Uh, So I went away, came back. That is what happened. Um, I had no stigma in my mind about antidepressants. Didn't feel like, oh God, no, I don't want to be... Um there's like a family history of these kinds of things, and I just never thought it was something that all stay away from uh wasn't an issue for me, so I went along with it, thought okay, we'll do this and um she gave me fifty milligram fi- fifty milligrams of citrulline. so since I think it was the twentieth of december, uh that's what I've been taking I, i'm probably about three months in it must be about three months in at this point and I've been through a whole host of emotions and lots of different side effects, all of the stuff. I think I'm going to do a, a full video just based on um like the first 3 months on sertraline because it's been a roller coaster. But um I also was supposed to call the I want to say psychological, that's not right. Like the basically the counseling line. It's called like psychiatric, but uh, the counselling line. I called, I made an appointment. This was a while ago, a few weeks ago, and I had recently discovered Do Disturb on my phone. And I'd been putting it on at night so that I didn't get, because I've got lots of friends who can't sleep. And they will text me in the middle of the night and it vibrates and it wakes me up and it wakes me up, wakes Lee up. I have to tell you why I can't speak properly. There's a delay in my headphones. So everything I say, I hear like half a second later and it's really screwing with my mind. Anyway, um, yeah, it was waking us up. So I would put my phone on, do not disturb. And I had my phone on, do not disturb when the counselor called me, forgot about the call and I had to wait another six weeks. How annoying. So I'm actually still waiting for that. Let me see, let me have a look. I know I put it in my diary um mm, mm, mm. i can't even see when it is it might be that long away well this is how good i am at this i haven't even put it in my diary great so anyway i decided that i should probably disclose the medication that i was on at work I thought that was something that I probably had to do. Turns out I don't, FYI, you don't need to tell your employer about anything medical. Uh, So I decided to tell my employer and um, they said that there were some resources that I could use through work. I'm like, well, you know, whatever, I'll try anything. So they gave me like the referral stuff, referred me and I got a phone call. They said we'd like to... um, arranged some counselling, and I'm thinking, okay, this might happen a little bit sooner than the NHS six weeks, and it did. It was a week later, and I've just finished that call, and I kind of wanted to give you a little bit of a rundown of my first experience. It's not my first experience, because I did have telephone counselling after I had Ella, but it was, this is like, you know, 18 years ago nearly now. Um, so my first, like, real experience of this, and um, kind of what came out of it, Yada yada so like I said you know we're going in we're going in heavy for the first televised version of this podcast of all the ones that I probably didn't need people's opinions about this is probably it but I thought you know we're gonna give it a go also YouTube's added this thing where like you can make a podcast separate to your videos It'd be like a playlist so I was like it mm, feels like a good time feels like a good time YouTube are like moving into the podcast sphere so I'm doing it now. Right, so I had no idea what to expect. I'd done no preparation whatsoever intentionally because I thought I don't want to prepare myself for something and it just be something completely different. It's not even gonna go in that direction. Didn't wanna be like, right, because when I went for that appointment the first time, I didn't use any of my notes. I had about like seven pages of notes, front and back. Um, So many pages of notes. And I think it was a really good thing for me to get that out I realised that what I do in talking my problems through with you guys one way is what other people do, journaling. And I definitely think that that is... It's kind of like video journaling. That's something that is useful for me. Because when I wrote everything down, I was like, oh my God, and another thing. And more and more was coming up, and I was like connecting all these dots and thinking, oh, I can't believe I never saw this. There's so many so many indicators Um, and I did reach out to a few private places to be assessed for ADHD. Literally nobody came back to me. I don't know what that's all about, it was really annoying but I'm going to persevere this year because I do want to do that. Also for those wondering, um, the GP did say that if I was to be privately assessed she would accept that assessment to then refer me on the NHS. So that is the only silver lining of that. I know a lot of people who privately were assessed um then had to continue down the private route and it could be very expensive for like medications and things um so at least there was that if I do have to pay it's quite expensive but I'll know that that's like that's the final bit that I'll have to pay for because then she will put me back into the NHS so counselling no idea what to expect and um she told me ahead of time it's going to be about 50 minutes and i'm then starting to get a little bit nervous near the time thinking 50 minutes is a long time if i feel like this is not going well or we're not kind of because you have to gel with someone don't you um i do recognize that i and it, this came up in the session that i will take it upon myself to make sure that something is going well. And so immediately, like I'm making jokes. You have to make jokes, you have to make jokes about things, make the other person feel comfortable, give them a a sense of you, Uh, get everyone like on the same level. That is totally my MO. And while we were talking, one of the things that came up was um, that I, she said, well, do you think? And I was like, yes, I do think this. I've thought this a lot. I feel responsible for other people's moods, general happiness, like their reactions to things. I feel responsible for everything that's going on around me and I have to kind of like keep everything level and okay. And if someone over here comes in and they're in a bad mood, then I'm trying to deal with the person over here To be like, okay, listen, this is how we're going to handle this. Don't say anything because we don't want to make this worse. This isn't my job, but I've always kind of put that upon myself that I'm the one who has to keep everyone good. Um, And I honestly didn't realise I was doing that till quite... Like within the last 18 months, I'd say I didn't recognise that in myself. But something she said was interesting and obvious, really. Uh, But the reason that I decided that I wanted to talk about it here because I think probably a lot of people who make YouTube videos have a similar thing to me. I was saying how I'm quite sensitive to criticism and we linked that back to the fact that I'm trying to make everyone good all the time. And so if someone says something, they don't like something, that's my fault because I'm trying to make everyone happy. So subconsciously, even if someone was being really mean, I would feel like, well, I've done something wrong because I'm trying to make these people happy. I'm trying to make everyone happy. And the reason that people like me are drawn to things like sharing your life on the internet for a bunch of strangers is obviously the validation. That's great. But we are prepared to take that, oh my God, can't deal with it, criticism for the trade-off of so many people saying, you're doing a good job. I enjoy this thing that you're doing. You're making me happy. You're doing something that I enjoy. It's like, it feeds that little monster inside you that feels like you have to be entertaining everyone, making everyone happy. Everyone has to like you. It is not a great thing. I don't love it, but it's there and... I I will tell you as well, it doesn't even help to know that I'm doing that. Doesn't help at all. Doesn't even help me to know that, oh, this is the reason. Because I want that not to be true. It's annoying. But I know it's true. I know it's true. I know that the reason that I maintain this hobby longer than any other hobby is that I loved the either praise or instant positive reaction to something that I was putting out. And that has to be something that's like, there's a little hole missing in me and it needs to be filled by this. And maybe I'm not getting that all the time from like real life and so I'm getting it from over here. It's not, I don't love it. And it just made me wonder what motivates us to do the stuff that we do what are the things that keep us going? I did a whole live video, which I might pick apart and uh, do an episode on because some of the stuff that came out of that was really interesting. And especially because it was live. I love the back and forth in that instance. Um, We kind of were going over, I think I actually did a podcast episode about it because I was doing like, it was reflections and it was uh, what I was planning to do for New Year. And I had questions and how can you like reflect on who you are and what you want, what you want for the coming year, all that stuff. And some of the stuff that came up was really interesting, Uh, like the why we do what we do stuff. And one of the things that was really, really stood out was the contagious uh, complaining, the contagious negativity. I think that's going to have to be a separate episode. But in the same way that I've now, I mean, everything you, everything you do is motivated by something, but in the same way that I'm now like, ugh, I really wish this wasn't a thing, but I'm aware of it and maybe I can try and find something else in what I do here that drives me that's not that. If I could just detach myself from that, will I still be as interested? Well, time will tell. But that kind of is what I'd like to work on. I wonder if you guys have recognised anything in yourself that you know, oh, this is the driving force for this. You know, like, um, things you're doing as a parent, things you're doing as a partner, are you doing them for, like, real altruistic reasons? Like, if you cook for your friends and family, are you cooking for your friends and family because you enjoy cooking? Or are you cooking for your friends and family because you enjoy them saying how fantastic a cook you are? You know, it's, it's an interesting kind of experiment or exercise to do with yourself. The things that I really love doing, why do I love doing them? Why do I really enjoy doing this? I would say baking. I I really enjoy baking. But if I was baking alone, The things I would bake, I'll tell you what I would bake if I was baking alone. And now I'm thinking, do I have the ingredients downstairs to make these things for my lunch? Chocolate buns. Chocolate buns straight from the oven, like while they're still hot, preferably with a cup of tea, chocolate buns. It's like a dessert. They're so delicious. And like kind of slightly crisp on the outside, but soft and warm on the inside. Once they've got cold, it's like, what's the point? But chocolate buns would be the thing that I would make for me. That's what I would bake for myself. Almost everything else that I make, I make for other people to be like, oh wow, that's amazing. Oh, the cookies as well. My cookies I really like for me as well. I would make the cookies for me. But a lot of stuff I do is for praise, for other people to be like, oh, you're so great at that. It's not a great character trait. I don't like it about myself, but honestly knowing it doesn't, (laughs) knowing it doesn't help because it just makes you feel worse. Sometimes, one thing I said um, on an old, it was a, an essay in school and it was about Macbeth, and I wrote, sometimes ignorance is preferable to absolute knowledge. And I was like, yeah, I know. My teacher was so impressed. We were like maybe year eight, year nine. My teacher was so impressed she put it up on the wall like a big thing. She put like, sometimes ignorance is preferable to absolute knowledge. And I'm like, I know, I'm a genius. Do you wanna know where I got that from? Alton Towers. Outside of the Oblivion, they used to have this like ticker tape sign and it said, sometimes ignorance is preferable to absolute knowledge. And that stuck in my head and I was like, Macbeth. But it's true and that is one of those Phrases, stupid phrases. But I mean, it is, it's profound. I actually don't know if it comes from something else. It could do, but that is where I got it from. I wasn't, I wasn't profound, but it is. It can be lent to so many different things. It really can. And it is something that I've always felt like, I just don't want to know, I just don't want to know. Head in the sand. Um, and that is another thing that I need to work on like I need to be able to face things okay give me the knowledge I'll deal with it Uh, for a long time I thought I was um, really great at handling like conflict and stress because I was just I could stay so calm and then I realised that I was really not doing it very well at all because I was avoiding all conflict and if I was stressed about something I was just like push that down. Put I don't want to deal with this. No, no, no. I wasn't dealing with anything because if it's hard or if it's emotional or if it's just like, oh, no, I don't want to, then I just don't deal with it. That's that's that. I just don't deal with it. Don't want to do it. So I don't. And that's not a healthy way to be. I'll wait until something has resolved itself and then I'll try to kind of process and deal with it or I'll talk to my friends or family about it. But until that point, don't want to deal with it. It's not great. Um, And these are the things, you know, as you learn more about yourself, you learn what you can change, what you can't change. And maybe there are some things that we could work on, but uh, I would be really interested if you want to share with me, maybe I'll leave the comments on for this first one. If you want to share with me, have you got something that you feel like, oh, I'm motivated by something I'd rather not be motivated by? Um Or maybe I'll do like an Instagram story where you can leave like an anonymous, this is what this is. Because I think it's interesting. You know, why do we do the things that we do? Sometimes it's for reasons we'd rather not say. Anyway, that is it for today's episode and for the first video podcast. I hope you enjoyed Um, As I said at the beginning, don't forget there are loads more episodes if you wanted to go back and listen to me whining about my life because this is the entire theme of this. Sometimes we come to quite interesting topics completely by accident while I'm just whining about my life. That is this. Mikayla Talks is me podcasting my every waking thought for no reason. So you enjoy that. Um, I'm enjoying it and I will see you guys in the next one.